This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. And we're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at a million dollars of prizes this week. Don't miss out on week two action Enter the code SGP to get a free shot at a million dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. And we're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, and NFL all back in action. You need to download BetQL, the only app that'll make need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Ace Perhead. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy for you to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. everybody back to the golf gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. This is Boston capper along with the God of golf himself, Steve Sherman. What's up, Steve? Are you ready? Open. Let's go, baby. I know. I mean, we had this in the middle of NFL season and honestly, my attention on Sunday is going to be on the final round. This is going to be an awesome tournament. Uh, it's at a great golf course and you know, we're both fresh after vacation. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, we're ready to break down the U S open. Let's do it. Yeah, dude, I'm ready. And you, like you said, man, I can't wait to watch this on Sunday. My team plays at night on Sunday. So like, um, I'm perfect. I just keep my DraftKings up small screen on the, on the football and uh, I'll be focused on the golf, baby. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, look, uh, like you said, we just got back from vacation. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a beautiful thing. We ended up meeting up in the outer banks together. Somehow insane played a nice little course. Uh, wasn't bad. Lots of blind tee shots uh, that you know, did or did not go where they were supposed to go. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was a great time, man. The, uh, it was, uh, your irons are trash, uh, but yeah. my, my putting is trash. So <laughs> yeah, so. we, we, we would made a horrible scramble then. Yeah. It would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I, I I'm going to make a full, uh, confession to the audience. You know, I can break down golf, but I used to be pretty, well, not pretty good. I used to be okay at golf. You know, I, I mean, but I had a kid and I've gotten out of shape because gyms are closed and I just don't practice it much. <laughs> That's right. That's why <laughs> I mean, it is listen with a golf swing with your, if you get out of shape, you're not firing it how you can. And I have somehow lost the ability to hit an iron. And that used to be actually my best part of my game. You know, I mean, I can, I can hit, I mean, I got a little squirrel with a driver for a few holes, but you know, other than that, I mean, I hit some pretty good drives. I putted pretty. Okay. I scrambled decently. I, cannot hit an iron for my life. I think I lost 95 strokes of my irons. It, <laughs> yeah. it just, it, it was awful. That might be low. Probably. probably, <laughs> probably but I mean, over, I, I, over, I, over. I, I, I three putted at least six fucking holes. At least. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are pretty tricky greens, but, oh, um, I appreciate you know, I mean, like hitting me I like mean, that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, so we play a place called Nags at golf links. Uh, I really, I mean, besides the fact I played like trash, um, I really like the architecture of it. I like the layout of it. I like there was a lot of blind shots. 
Uh, I like that. It didn't feel like everything was just straight out in front of you. So, I mean, hopefully I can get an air crack at it again when I'm playing a little better because I was pretty embarrassed uh, walking off the golf course that day. <laughs> well, that's all right. Fucking uh, listen, we we both played pretty pretty miserably. Listen, I listen, I still broke 100, shot 95, and uh, I beat Tommy on those last what what four holes for the cash. So uh, we were good. And that dude chipped in for birdie. He was speeding it, and then he still somehow fucked it up. I just want to make sure I put that on record for him to listen to later. Um, <laughs> the uh, but yeah, I mean. It was a great time. Listen, and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it would be fun to get like a little SGP open going uh, once a year if we could get. I mean, most of us are on the East Coast, except for you know Sean and Kramer. I feel like most everybody else is on the East Coast. We could try to figure something out, do a little meeting point on like uh, on a Labor Day weekend type thing, and uh, that would be. Uh, that would be a blast, like a Ryder Cup style type thing. But uh, all right, so I mean, listen, man, this is U.S. Open week. Obviously, we're pumped. We're ready for it. You've written your ten thousand words. You've broken everything down. Uh, I mean, do we even want to recap last week? I mean, listen, I didn't watch it at all, so I have no opinion on anything. I just laughed at the trophy, and that was it. Uh, I mean, you got anything on it? I mean, well, first of all, that is the best trophy in, in golf, the big giant oh, wow. wine barrel. I mean, it's so, so the, the tournament we're talking about is the Safeway open. It's played on Napa and the winner gets a wine barrel, which is appropriate because it's Napa Valley. So, I mean, it's, it's a great trophy. I mean, good for Stewart's sink. I mean, he's definitely entering the twilight of his career. Uh, he's one of the biggest villains in golf just because he won that Oh nine open championship over poor Tom Watson and everybody hates him for it. Um, <laughs> But I mean, good for him. He extends his career out another two, three years. And uh, I, I mean, I think the only thing to take away, and he's a popular pick, and our own very own Sean Green. So I just so before this, I just did a hit on the regular SGP podcast, and one of the guys that Sean likes this week is Ches Reeve. Now Ches Reeve finished third in that tournament, and we'll get to it, what we think of him in a little bit, but. He's going to be pretty popular this week. And oh, yeah. I think that's the reason why is because he finished third last week. Yeah. And so like, uh, like I pulled a lot of ownership stuff and updated uh, probably like nine o'clock. Um, so uh, instead of financial national, since we moved to football season, uh, no free plugs, but I'll go ahead and throw one out and uh, maybe we can get a little sponsorship on. I use roto grinders um, for football um, projections. They're usually pretty accurate um, and they'd go across all the sports and yeah, really is definitely popular, especially in that range. Um, so we'll definitely get to that a little later and you know, listen, what, what the fuck does Sean know about golf? <laughs> so, so yeah. All right. So no, no takeaways other than uh, my wife would appreciate that trophy. She loves her wine. Uh, so, uh, so that would be the one to win for me if I could ever play. But uh, I guess, uh, listen, man, uh, you know, uh, we'll give the course breakdown here. If you want to, if you want a little more in depth, go to the sports game on podcast.com and uh, for the full course preview, but uh, Steve, break it down for us, baby. What are we doing? So, I mean, yeah, just like you said, I gave a full in-depth breakdown of the golf course on Sunday, you know, with some flyover videos, we did a leaderboard analysis from 06, just because we haven't seen a major championship there in 15 years. So we took a look at what type of guys did well, there. kind of some stat trends as far as like how, you know, just overall the number of fairways hit took a hit just because of how firm it was guys are missing greens, a lot higher rate. So go check that out if you want that, you know, portion of the golf course, you know, preview. So I'm just going to give a little update, just things on what I've heard this week, you know, from some USGA guys, kind of more things I've read. So let's talk about the weather forecast, you know, cause that's kind of important for some DFS lineups. Um, you know, as far as like, whether you want to go afternoon early, 
wind doesn't look like it's too big of a factor. You know, it's between, you know, eight to 12 miles per hour. So not much of a lean there. Uh, one interesting thing I heard about Wingfoot from, uh, I was on the Friday podcast and they brought in one of the USGA guys is that the greens. some people think the greens get quicker during the afternoon, but on POA, they actually get slower because the grass grows. So if the greens are going to run a little slower in the afternoon, I don't know if that's a big advantage for anybody, but just an interesting tidbit that I heard. Um, there's no rain in the forecast at all, which is good because we wanted this thing to play firm and fast, play tough, no rain. That means it's going to be good. Um, they actually narrowed the fairways more than they did in 2006. So I think when I was mapping the the course out, it's about 30 yard wide fairways. It sounds like it's going to be between 25 and 30 yards wide. So that's just going to up the difficulty overall there. Um, they have the graduated rough again. The first cuts only give me three inches and only three that, inches. Well, That's only all. three inches. Well, one of the things that they said is because that the U S opens in September, they've had an entire summer in the Northeast to grow the grass. So actually it's, it's pretty thick. And they're saying that a lot of guys are actually getting balls that are perched up so they can, you know, get some clean contact. Well, that's actually not a very good thing because when you're hitting out of the rough and you get clean contact, you don't really know where it's going. You know, the club face could twist and it goes way to the right or it goes way over the green. And the one thing you cannot do at wing foot because the greens are so fast and so undulated, you cannot miss long and you can't miss pin high because it is almost impossible to get up and down for par. So, you know, while some people might think, oh, well, they can get clean contact out of the rough, that's actually a bad thing. And that actually makes accuracy and hitting on the fairway a lot more important because, you know, you just, you, you just like when it's, when it's penal rougher, like everybody just has to hack out. I mean, then everybody's going to be hitting their approach shots from the fairway anyways. But if you got guys going for the green from there, like they're at such a huge disadvantage. And then the yeah. last thing is, last thing is the green. So when they rebuilt it, um, the old greens had a big layer of clay underneath because that back in like the 1920s, that was the only way to make it soft and receptive. The clay can hold water. When they rebuilt the greens, it's now all sand greens. So moisture just seeps right through and they put a sub air system underneath everything just like Augusta national. So right. regardless of what happens, it's going to be firm. It's going to be tough. It's, and it's going to be basically like Augusta national type greens. They're going to be hard to put on and it's just going to be a nightmare for these guys. So, you know, overall, as far as types of players to target, you know, I kind of broke it down from technical terms in the, in the column, but I'm, I'm going to even simplify it even more. What are if for guys you want to target this week? What are guys who do a lot of things? Well, they don't have to do it elite, but just a lot of ways they can just get around a golf course. They can make par, just get out of there without putting up a big score. And then for guys, you kind of want to fade. What are guys that have a lot of red flags because at wing foot with how hard this golf course is, with how firm it is, how tricky the greens are. If you have a lapse, if you are deficient in a couple areas, you are going to expose and you're not long for this tournament. You're not going to make it to the weekend. Yeah. Especially with only 60. Right. We're not even getting 65. Right. I mean, last year we were getting 70 through and this year it's 60, 60. I mean, that's going to be tough. And like you said, so you, I just want to kind of go back on the, uh, on the uh, first cut. So uh, something I was reading on earlier today that guys were losing their balls in the first cut of rough. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you only have, what is it? Three minutes now? Yeah, I think it's only three minutes, and is it, there's the graduated rough. So like, right, so that's I, even I, worse. I, and like, yeah, so so you have three inches right off the fairway. You probably have like six or seven way yeah. out there, and nothing is being trampled down. Like nothing. it's, 
It's, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath, and I'm here for it, baby. Like, I am so excited to watch this. And uh, so just kind of touch on what you said as far as, like, hitting out of the rough with a clean lie. Like, yeah, you might be able to get it out, but, I mean, you, see, you saw the Matt Wallace video, right, that I put on the Slack channel. Mm-hmm. That, you, if you don't control your spin, even if you hit the green, that shit rolled forever, like well, forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the famous story about that first green is I think back in 74, uh, it was the massacre of Wingfoot. Jack Nicholas putted off the first green. And that's what everybody talks about. I mean, Jack freaking Nicholas putted off the green and four putted number one. Like uh, one of the preview videos I, I posted, it had uh, Jeff Ogilvy who won in 2006. Mm-hmm. He broke down yes. the first green and he said, that's the toughest first green in the world because it gives you every single little piece of what all the greens are at Wingfoot, Like, you know, all the humps and bumps and slopes all into one green and the, the bunkers are tough. The rough is deep. It is going to be, you know, guys who are making a lot of mistakes this week. It's going to be a long, well, it's going to be a short weekend and a long weekend. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, like you said, so obviously like when we're talking about model building, right. For anybody who's using, uh, something to build their own models, right. Once again, no free plugs. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, I mean, you, you driving accuracy has to be, Number one, scrambling. Number two is kind of how I would do it because if you're not hitting, if you're not hitting the fairway, then who gives a shit how you're scrambling because you're coming out of the rough and you're gonna be screwed anyway. Yeah, I mean, let, I mean, let's get something out of the way first. I mean, the guy who probably is gonna win this tournament is gonna be a long hitter, just because the best guys on the PGA Tour and just in the world are just longer hitters. And just with technology how it is nowadays, one of those guys is gonna have a really good driving week. They're gonna hit more fairways than they normally would. And anytime you go to a course with length. You know, it's a big advantage, but with DraftKings, you got to do six guys. You know, you can't pick all winners. You got to pick guys who are going to be pretty solid and right up there. Driving accuracy is going to be super important. Iron play is going to be really important because when you do find the fairway, you have to make sure that your iron play is really dialed in. So you can at least hit the green to pod, get out of there. Um, and then, you know, scrambling, obviously, because uh, the rate that you miss greens is going to be higher just because it's going to be tough to have fairways. You're going to be hitting all the rough a lot. You're going to miss a lot of greens. And the guys that can really get up and down for par are going to be in a big advantage. And a lot of guys, I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid these tricky four to eight foot putts, these long, you know, par putts. Like, I mean, that's, that's why Brooks Kepka was so good at the U S open because no one was as good putting from four to eight feet over and over and over. Like he was on Sunday, he would just be ice cold. And that's exactly what's needed to hap- happen if you want to win. So, you know, focus on those areas. Um, as far as, you know, they offer like proximity stats, you know, so the whole, but the problem with those is those typically just measure how well you hit it. If you're hitting for the fairway, not really from the rough. So it doesn't really, it's not really a great measure this week, uh, but just overall good iron players, guys hit a lot of greens guys who are patient guys are okay. Just grinding out par for par over, over and over. I mean, there's going to be probably a little bit of there's quantitative analysis you can put into it. There's some qualitative analysis you got to put into it. You got to look at the type of player you have as well. And, um, you know, and just like I said, like target guys do a lot of things. Well, doesn't have to be great or elite. Just a lot of ways they can get around the golf course. And Jack of all trades. Got, you yeah, want Jack of all trades. Like, like 
like Mike Trout, like five tool players, like how right, well, Mike Trout's not a grounder. He's, he's, I, he's a, I know, but like he's a beast, but yeah, but I mean, I you know, you know what I mean? Though. Like, like five tool player, like guys you mean like Jackie that. Bradley jr. Like he's really sure. good. Yeah. No, I'm sure. just kidding. He's fucking <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, uh, so I guess, uh, look, before we, uh, before we tackle the DraftKings, which is, uh, we're going to beat these, uh, we're going to be these up pretty good today, boys. We're going to make sure we, we have everybody schooled up. Uh, look, uh, it's winning season and winning season returns at my bookie. Uh, winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross sport wagers at my bookie. Winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs are starting where they left off. And that NFL is officially returned in a big way. That means action packed Sundays and huge cash prizes week in and win out, get in on the action and use promo code SGP and double your first deposit. New players get up to a thousand dollars in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you already bet. Bet with the best of NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code SGP and double your first deposit. Your winning season season begins today only at my bookie. All right. So full disclosure, listen, we're taping this a little late tonight. Had a long fucking day at work, so I might have had a few gin and tonics. So bear with me, boys. Um, so, all right, DraftKings, 10K and above. Uh, I mean, it's a short list. It's a great list. It's DJ, Rom, JT, Rory, Xander, and Maury. So, uh, I mean, so for my first jump, my guys are JT and Maury. Like uh, those, those are my two plays. Um, we can kind of get into a little game theory about, um, you know, who to play, where the ownership's at. There's like everybody spread out the same, except for Rory. Rory's the only one sub 10, uh, sub 10%. And that's because he plays like trash and I want no part of him. Um, so let's just kind of break down the players. Like I love JT. I like Morikawa, uh, JT squirrely off the tee. He really makes me nervous. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, he makes me. And he hasn't been able to make a putt in weeks. And and that's that's what's concerning is that not only is he really squirrely off the tee, he's missing a lot of those five to ten foot putts. Like they're just they're not going in for him. And I mean, like you kind of mentioned one thing. Like you think uh, most of these guys are going to have pretty high ownership. So like if you're trying to look for a GPP pivot, it's not going to be there unless it's Rory. And even with Rory, like. So I just got on the SGP podcast and you know who Kramer really likes this week. He likes Rory. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be unpopular and I I've seen a couple of projections where he might have 10 to 15 and that's still pretty high ownership. I mean, it's lower than other, everybody else, but it's, it's not insignificant. It's not like he's going to be like completely, you know, ignore like a couple other guys that we're going to talk about down the list. But I mean, c- c- let's talk about Rory for a second, you know, because I, I, I want to make a couple points just because of something I referenced earlier. Don't target guys with a lot of red flags. And right now, Rory has a lot of red flags in his game. Like he just has not been sharp since he returned the PJ tour. Now, part of the reason why he had the baby on the way, you know, maybe that, you know, kind of distracted him a little bit, played a little better at East Lake. He got out to a really good start, but he was actually not very good the rest of the tournament. A lot of the reasons that he was so poor going into East Lake kind of, you know, kind of reared his ugly head again. Didn't have good iron play. Didn't scramble well, didn't putt well. He's also not very accurate, you know, hitting fairways. He's only fit him 56% of his fairways this year. Not very good putting 48 feet. Not very good scrambling. So, I mean, overall, there's not a lot very of things. Fucking good. Not very good. No, there's a lot of things you don't like yeah. about it. I mean, if, if you want to look at like the golf course fit, there's this whole theory that 
you know, so there's a lot of dog leg lefts. And obviously with Rory, one of, the, one of the things you think about is that he has this really high draw, like it fits his eye, but he's missing a lot of drives right anyways. He's not really, you know, having that work right now. So I don't think that's going to be much of an advantage. I don't really like him this week. And I know that technically he's the pivot quote unquote in this range, but th- there's just, there's so many red flags for me and so many other guys in this range that, I mean, I, I, I can make a case for pretty much everybody in the, in this range. You know, I yeah. can find good things. I can find multiple good things about everybody that right. I don't know why I would go with Rory with all these red flags other yeah. than just be contrarian. Yeah. Well, th- th- this is, this is, this is like some game theory stuff. Like you don't need to be contrarian 10 K plus. Right. Like that's not where you need to be fucking contrarian. Right. Especially in a course like this, where placement points are going to matter so much with everybody bogeying and powering themselves to death. And the winning score could be plus four. You know what I mean? Like there's no eagle opportunities really out there. Somebody might luck box into one. Um, there's going to be very few birdies. So placement points really, really matter this week. So don't take your contrarian stand 10 K and above plant your flag on one or two guys who you think are going to win when you're making your three to 20 to 50 lineups or whatever you're doing. Don't make your pivot up here, make your pivot down in the, you know, whatever in the eight K range in in the seven K range and get off some of the chalky guys. If you don't like them, but don't make your pivot up here and just, just to be different, just to be different. You don't have to do that in any DFS, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it's, it's funny you mentioned that, the position points are really going to matter because so I just pulled up the 2006 leaderboard. Um, how many birdies do you think Jeb Olgavy made the entire tournament on the way to winning? So 72 holes. I'm going to go with six. All right, not that low. Nine. Okay. Nine, right. nine birdies total. Uh, Jim, Jim Furyk <laughs> made 11. Kyle Montgomery made nine. Uh, Phil made 10. The highest I see. Is uh, David Howell made 16 birdies? <laughs> yeah, well, how he, many doubles and triples? Well, he? here's the thing. So he finished. <laughs> he finished plus 11. He had 16 birdies, 35 pars, only 15 bogeys, and they don't track others. But I'm assuming if he's plus 11, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. minus one with the birdies and bogeys. He made a shit ton, shit ton. <laughs> of yeah. others. So yeah, so that exactly. so that's the point. Like, I mean, there's not gonna be a whole lot of birdies. There's no. going to be a ton of bogeys, ton of others. Yep. It really is going to come down to guys Place who just points. finish towards the top. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, and that's the thing. So that's why you don't want to make your stand above 10 K you make your stand somewhere else. You know, don't be, don't be cute just to be fucking cute. Um, above 10 K pick the guy that you like for whatever reason you like. And we'll break down, you know, <clears throat> how all these players are doing it and how we feel about these players, but you pick yours and just don't be cute. I would say a hundred percent fade worry. Don't be cute. Right. I okay. mean, that's, that's my advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that for everything I said. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So who's, I mean, who's your favorite, who's your favorite. Give me two, uh, I guess before we start breaking them down, but who, who's your favorite two out of here? Well, I mean, my favorite two is uh, John Rahm's number one. I mean, and I know he's popular, but honestly, everybody's popular in this range. So Rom literally checks for golf reasons, every single check mark. Uh, like of everything I'm looking for. So he has the best combination of length and accuracy off the tee. He is one of the best putters from four to eight feet. So I know he can nail those clutch putts. He's a great scrambler. You know, the iron play, it's not as good as other guys, but he can get it done. So pretty much everything of what I'm looking for in a golfer, he can do. Everybody wants to talk about, is he mentally fit for this U S open? Can he finally win? 
I mean, yes. It, do I admit he's immature? Sometimes he slams a club. Yes. Everybody does it. You saw me do it. And uh, <laughs> he's susceptible to it too. But here's the thing here. Here's where I, I lose everybody with this whole mentally unfit. We've seen three tournaments so far this year where there have been us open style conditions and he played in two of them and the two that he played in, he won. So you can't tell me that this guy can't grind for 72 holes. Can't, you know, you know, put behind a bogey and go to the next hole and, and recover after that. I mean, the memorial was really tough and he won that by four. I mean, he won that basically going away. It should have been, been six, right? Is yeah. It, is I mean, that the, he, this he, one with the chip in bullshit. And they, they, is, is that's the one or is that well, the, yeah, um, yeah, it was that. And he, he kind of took the, his foot off the pedal, you know, on the back nine there. Right. And uh, I think he let, what was it? Ryan Palmer in a little bit, but I mean, he was well ahead of everybody. Right. Uh, and then the BMW, he came storming back to win the playoff there. That was the hardest conditions we've seen. Uh, I yeah. think oh, since, yeah. since Bay Hill in February. Yeah. So, I mean, you cannot tell me that, oh, this guy just is so immature. He can't handle the pressure. He can't win on these, you know, grinds when we've seen him do it. That's a lazy, that's a lazy narrative. That's all that is. This is a lazy narrative. And look, people grow. You know what I mean? I used to put my fist to the wall when I was 22. I'm 37 now. That sounds fucking awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people grow and the dude has won tournaments and he's like, you can clearly see that he's grown and you're right. He checks all the boxes. Dude's a beast. I love his little short backswing. Um, I like the fact that he's got a little uh, be a belly and he's got a little temper, man. Like how can't you root for that dude? Like and he checks all the boxes. He's 500 cheaper than DJ and uh, look, you know me, man. I love DJ, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, and so it's, it's tough to kind of read what he did to win that FedEx cup. Like, did he really play all out knowing he had those, those stroke leads? Like when he played it different, you know what I mean? He didn't give a fuck about the shadow leaderboard clearly. Um, you know what I mean? So like, would he have played the whole course different? Is he still going to be on fire when he comes out? I don't know, man. So he, he's for me, for DFS bills, he's too expensive. Um, and I'd much rather go with Rob much rather. Well, well, I mean, I, I think we can kind of break down because I mean, listen, I, my big short was DJ wasn't win the FedEx cup. That was a very went, kind of, that, went, that was kind that of a was. reckless short. <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, you give him 10 shots with the way he's playing. He, he was going to win. I mean that, I, that I can do another hour podcast where I'm ranting about how stupid that tournament was. Whatever. We're not going to do that tonight. We, we got, we got that, next year. Maybe. That's for next year. So, you know, I mean, obviously you look at the ball striking numbers with him. They're fantastic. He's putting great. There's no one in the world hotter right now. So, you kind of wonder why a guy with this talent, why doesn't he win more? And, and I think there's a couple things to his game that might reveal why he has so much trouble, you know, getting over the hump more often at majors. So the first thing is he's not accurate off the tee. He hits less than 60% of his fairways. That's not going to go well this week. And you know, he, that's fine. If he wants to go to you know, you know, WGC Mexico miss a fairway, or if he wants to, you know, go TBC, you know, WC Austin, where, you know, the fair, you know, just their soft greens, like he doesn't have to hit the every fairway, but when you go to these major venues where, you know, even with a PJ championship, sometimes it's still penal to miss a fairway. You know, it's, it doesn't work great for him. He can't get the ball close to the hole. He's got to scramble more often than he might have to scrambling is one of his weaker parts of his game, even though he's been doing that well lately. And he doesn't hit four to eight foot putts. Those crucial par putts on a very consistent basis. Actually one of the worst. I feel, like, he, I feel like he's been better at that. Well, I mean, he's been better lately just, but the, for overall this year, 
He hasn't been good. I mean, the most famous example of him missing a five foot putt was the 2015 U.S. Open. I mean, how long ago was that? But I mean, I mean how, this, how relevant is it? Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I feel like him and his brother have something worked out. I mean, Christ have mercy. They take as long as they fucking want to on every single fucking pot. You know what I mean? They got one guy out there with his legs out and he's reading it and they got their book out. They take forever on each pot. I really feel like that part of his game has improved. Now, uh, whether that's true or not, this is just, you know, this is just tape watching. You know what I mean? I don't actually have any stats in front of me. I just feel like it has improved uh, definitely over the last couple months. Well, I have the stats in front of me. And maybe it's improved for the last couple of months, but I have this I have the 2020 stats. So from four to eight feet, he hits sixty-three point five percent of those putts. That is only slightly better than Sergio Garcia. Oh it's only gross. Slight, no it's, way. It's only even it's only slightly better than Paul Casey. Oh my God. So this is the level of confidence you have in those four to eight foot putts that it, that he has. And you add to it, wing foot has very tricky green. Sergio? Sergio, yeah. No, Ser- Sergio's nailing 63.3% of his putts between four and eight feet this year. Uh, I don't believe your stats. <laughs> go, go look it up on PJ Tour. Dude, that's terrifying to fucking hear. So no, I mean, so, no one who bets so, Sergio watches him line up behind a five foot putt and they're like, oh, we got this. No, that never happens. But oof. I, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, like, listen, has he been better? Yeah. He's on a hot streak, but as we know, putting ends. Right. And when I see this track record of all the times, he just has kind of missed big putts and big spots. And even the PJ championship, he kind of missed a lot of putts down right. the stretch too. So that might be the reason why he can't ever get over the hub. Now, the thing is with DJ is that we haven't seen him playing this good leading to a major, I mean, the last time was probably 2017 before the masters. And we never got to see him play because it allegedly fell down some stairs. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Probably was going to win the masters that you're just based <laughs> on how he was playing. So he did a bunch of blow is, and came in late and Paulina threw him down the fucking stairs is what happened. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, listen, could he just be on this incredible, he could, could he just be in the zone and he's just going to run away with this thing? Joe Flacco playoff run. Maybe. Right. Eli sucks balls, but he was great. That fucking, he was great. That playoff run Eli Manning, 2008. So yeah, that's my counter to that. But is that, that's, that's not very nice. I'm going to (laughs) end. We're done. No more golf gambling podcasts. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) No, but just listen overall. I mean, like there's not a whole lot to hate about Dustin Johnson, but if you want to throw some arguments against them, I just lay the case. Yeah. I mean, look, those are all really strong arguments. So look, for me, like I said, he's too, he's too expensive anyway. I'd much rather take Rom. Um, so like I said at the beginning, I love JT regardless how we squirrely off, off the tee. Uh, I just feel like because he hasn't made those putts, like I feel like it's gonna come and he's one of the best iron players. Like it's him and Maury that are the best iron players. So I want to take those two guys on a course like this and hope to Christ they don't miss too many fairways and, and JT's a grinder and you know, he wants to win. He wants to win a ma- another major. You know what I mean? Like because his track record is so bad at majors, you know what I mean? That's that's, that needs to be something that he wants and you know, he grinds for it. You know, he gets pissed when his friends win, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I, I know you want to talk about uh, Xander who I'm not on. I just don't understand how he does it. Um, <laughs> he is a jack of all trades, but I just don't understand how he does it. I just don't get it. And I feel like he's squirrely off the T two, and I guess I'd, I'd just rather put my money with JT. You know, I mean, he's not as squirrely as you think off T. He hits sixty percent of his fairway, so I mean, that's it's not awesome, but I mean, he hits a three oh five, so he right. does have a pretty good combination of length and accuracy. The, he can work it both ways off the T two. That's going to be important this week. You know, I mean, coming into Wingfoot, 
he wasn't a guy like just because his iron play hadn't been good and he just came off a ridiculously hot putting week. Now I normally get on this podcast and say, listen, if your iron play is not good and your putting is really good one week, it's going to regress the next week. But wing foot greens are so tough. I don't think there's going to be such thing as putting regression, quote unquote, just because everybody's going to struggle. It's everybody's going to. It's going to be yeah. so tough for everybody. It makes no, yeah. it makes no matter. People are going to luck box into into fucking making a thirty foot putt or a six foot putt. Well, you know what I mean. It, it, I agree with you on that. And, and that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to these six foot putts. Now, Xander Shoffley hit seventy five percent of his putts between four and eight feet this year. And despite all the iron woes that I always quote about with his strokes game metric. He's still 10th on tour and greens of regulation hit. So as long as he's hitting greens at a consistent rate, it doesn't really matter if you're quote unquote gaining strokes with your pro shots, because as long as you're two putting for par, you're going to be right up there. Oh, you're golden. And yeah, you're golden. And that's, and that's the name of the game this week. Just getting pars, escaping without making big scores and move on. You know, he's a good scrambler too. I mean, there's a lot of things that are perceived red flags that at other tournaments I would call out and not be on for, but just because there's so many elements that are going to level the playing field as far as the, you know, the perceived talent deficiency between like his ball striking versus somebody else. I mean, it's just going to level the playing field and his other strengths are just going to be magnified and given advantage everywhere else. Yeah, and, and so and look, I I don't I don't dispute any of that. Andy always seems to show up in majors, right? Like, I mean, the, the kid's a grinder, right? I mean, there's no question about that. Like, he definitely shows up in big spots. Um, my thing is, is that like when I'm making my DFS bills, one, he's over 20% projected owned right now as of whatever whatever I pulled at 9:30 uh, on a Tuesday night. So, and everybody's talking about him. So for me, like, I, I would just I'd just rather go to Maury. Like, I don't know, back-to-back major seems ridiculous, uh, but he's a great iron player, uh, but his putting is so suspect. But like you said, the putting is, you know, the putting's whatever. I feel like it offsets everybody this week. Scramble is not great, but I don't know. I guess, I guess I just kind of, kind of like the kid. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I, I mean, listen, I, I like him too. I mean, like I said, I like pretty much everybody in this range. I mean, I can nitpick Justin Thomas a little bit. He's still Justin Thomas. I still yeah. like him. Like, I mean, the only guy I really don't like in this range is Rory. Like, Colin, I, I, I'm not going to say many bad things about him. His ball striking hasn't been as good, you know, since the PGA happened. But just the idea of Colin Morikawa fits his golf course perfectly. And you just mentioned this putting; it's not quite as bad as what you think it is. He's actually improved a little bit. I mean, he's he's very hit or miss with it, but his highs are pretty high. So, I mean. You know, as in the name of the game again is just hitting fairways, hitting greens this week. There's not a lot of guys who do it better than Kyle Morikawa. So if 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 that's how you want to you know do a lot of your bills at ten thousand, I I think that's a great strategy. Yeah, and it's really just it's, it's like I said. I mean, maybe he doesn't take it down, but I mean I don't see him like completely shit in the bed. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm looking for placement points at, at that price point. You know what I mean? Like these guys that you're paying up for have to place. You know, they have to. So whoever, whoever you feel like can grind it out in place, that's it. Um, all right. So uh, so we so we got our picks on that. Basically, we both fade and Rory. Um, I like JT a little more than you uh, than you do. Uh, you like Xander uh, more than I do. Other than that, we like Rom and Maury, whatever DJ is DJ. He's just too expensive for DFL DFS bills for me. I'm not trying to dip down too much of that six K range that we'll get to later. Um, so the nine K range, uh, it, it's, it's short too. It's, it's Bryson Webb, Cantlay, Berger, Finau, Hideki. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, what do you guys, it's, it's, I guess start with Bryson. Like, what are we doing with Bryson? Like, I'm fading him. Like, I'm fucking fading him. Like, uh, I just can't imagine him as as he's playing show up and play good here. But he's at seven percent ownership, so it's like, ugh, do we jump on just to jump on? But I, I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. No, that that's too cute. And I mean, th- there are so many things that are so bad about his game. And like, I mean, it, it's 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 such a shame he has just squandered all this work he did because when you think back in early February, when he was scoring those top tens and then right after the restart, he was hitting the ball straight. His iron play was good. The scrambling was good. The putting was great. Like everything was on fire and he is just focused so much on distance that he, everything else has went to crap. He is an awful iron player right now. He's an awful scrambler. And then everything comes down to if he can hit a putt or not. Now he's pretty good for 48 with putting, but I mean, we see what happens when he goes to these classic golf courses with the dog legs and the penal rough, he just can't bomb a gouge it. And Wingfoot is not a golf course you can overpower. So I just, I, I don't see, even with the low ownership, I don't see a reason why you'd use him. And he's $9,900. Like yeah. spend a hundred dollars for more, just spend exactly. that more power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody who you feel a lot safer with and yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I can't, uh, I can't, I can't back him. And Webb, I mean, look, Webb, what former U.S. Open winner, super chalky. Everybody thinks he's short. He's really not that short. He is super chalky though. But I mean, I feel like he's a good play. He's super expensive too, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he is. But I mean, I, I like him a lot better than Bryson because he has a lot of the things, a lot of ways to get around a golf course. And and like you said, a lot of people think that he's a short hitter. Well. I mean, he's longer than Ricky off the tee. He's longer than Patrick Reed, longer than Jason day. Like he's not Brendan Todd short. I mean, he used to be that short, but he's added distance to the game and he's still hitting a lot of fairways, a good consistent rate. So right off the bat, a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. He's long enough for this golf course. Great iron player, great scrambler can nail all those putts four to eight feet. I mean, once again, checks a lot of boxes and Listen, like if just because he's popular, if you like a guy and he's a good fit for the golf course, there's other ways to differentiate your lineup. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities down the card in order to do that. So I don't be afraid to, you know, back web this week. There's a lot of great things. I mean, there's, there's a lot of other guys that have plus 20% plus 15% ownership that I don't understand why they're that popular, which we'll probably get to later on. But I I think web is perfectly fine. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think, I think he's a, I think he's a solid play. Um, I, I think my, I don't know. I, I feel like my favorite play is Hideki. He's going to be lower owned out of anybody out of this, at least on Tuesday projections, right? Just slightly over, um, you know, slightly over, over 10 and he's the Jack of all trades, right? He is the prodigal son who has not delivered yet. Can he do it? on a course like this. Well, I, I think his ownership is going to be a little higher than that just because we saw him at the BMW championship at us open conditions. So I think a lot of people are going to draw upon that just because of who he is as a player, how he did there. So I, I think his ownership actually might be a little closer to fee now and maybe a little higher than you think. But I mean, listen, like the one thing that's been funny about Hideki lately is the ball striking numbers actually haven't been very good. I mean, he hasn't really hit his irons very well. He's been a little squirrely off the tee, and that's not really what we've known Hideki for. But what he's been really good at, what he's been good at all his year long, is that scrambling. And, and the scrambling is really important this week. I mean, T to green, you got to think he's going to improve the ball striking, regress the mean a little bit, maintain those scrambling stats. 
I have full confidence that he's not going to get in trouble too much. Tita green. Now on the greens, it's a different story. He held it together. The BMW championship, he was putting about as good as I've seen him putt for a while. But I mean, what are the things we know about Hideki? The dude cannot hit those four to eight foot putts. They do any three putts, putts. <laughs> yeah, or any putts. Yeah. He's me the out there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he's not as accurate off. He's kind of struggled a little bit with his accuracy off the tee this year too. So there are a little bit of red flags, but I mean, listen for 9,000 bucks. Uh, he, at least I know T to green. He can get you there now, whether he can putt, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, like I said, the kind of the way I'm making my bills, like I really only have one play, you know, I get to pick one guy out of the nine, the nine K range. I mean, the stars and scrubs thing kind of works. I kind of like a balanced build a little more this week, uh, especially with 60 guys only making the cut. Um, so, so my guy out of here is it's going to be Hideki just because Webb's so uh, popular. I, I think, I guess the pivot plays what can't lay in this range, right? Like if he'll be, he'll be right. He'll be lower than Hideki. He'll be 10, 11% somewhere around there. And uh, I'll let you talk about your boy burger. I know you want to talk about burger <laughs> <laughs> and why he's perfect and why I'm going to lose all my money. Cause I don't pick burger again. All right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I came to a revelation with him a couple of weeks ago that, I mean, I I've been hot on burger all summer long and uh, I mean, it paid off pretty good at the Charles Schwab, but ever since then it just, it hasn't quite worked out, but I came to a revelation that he's basically a rich man's Harris English, you know, high floor, a little bit limited ceiling does a lot of little things very well. But like, if you get to a tournament where everybody has to like, you know, like basically put the pedal in the metal, you know, go full out. Can't really compete with all the top guys. But the thing is with the U S open this week is that you want to have consistency. You want to be able to do a lot of things really well. And when par is a good score, it's, it's kind of like in NASCAR, when you put a restrictor plate on everybody, it kind of levels the playing field. And if par is the optimal score, there's really not a whole lot of guys who are better than Daniel Berger at doing that because there's so many ways he can get around it. You know, a golf course, he's accurate off the tee. He's got good length, good iron player, good scrambler. He has nails inside eight feet. He's a great putter. There are so many ways that even if he doesn't have his a game in a certain area, he can compensate after that. So, I mean, I, I think he is a really good fit for wing foot. Um, I, I think he's going to show really well again. I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he's going to be right there in the mix again. I mean, he doesn't have to at that price, right? It's kind of the same thing. Like these guys just have to place, right? Like uh, there's so much importance on that. Like, and look, it's not not to say he can't win, but I mean, you're not really grabbing him thinking he can win. Right. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, well, I I mean, let's, let's, let's throw this out there too. So the, the last really tough us open we saw was Shinnecock Hills back in 2018 and the 54 hole leader was Daniel Berger. And Tony Finau, two guys basically right back to back. So, I mean, if there's any question marks on if these guys can actually be in the mix, they've proven that they can be. I mean, Finau has done it over and over, but like Berger is the type of guy you're like, really? Is Daniel Berger going to be in the mix? Yeah, I mean, we've seen him do it. He was in the mix of the PGA, he was in the mix of Shinnecock Hills. We know he can get it done. Yeah, look, I agree with you. I think those guys definitely be in the mix. The problem is going to close, right? Like that's the thing. Can they close? Like, especially with Fina, right? Like too many jokes, whatever, like top five, Tony, whatever. But like, I mean, yeah, sometime I'm going to have to come around on burger, I guess. I don't know. I feel like you're going to beat me into submission on this guy, man. <laughs> the, the, um, all right. You want to talk about Tony at all? I mean, everybody knows Tony, like he, he, he great golfer. Uh, this seems like a course for him. 
like, I don't know. Like I, like I, I like him, but I don't know. I just feel like I've been burned by him so much, but with placement points, so important. Like, I feel like, man, maybe Fino might be a better player than a decade. Yeah. I mean, like if you look at some of his better performances this year, they've come on the really tough golf courses. So he was a 36 hole leader of the Memorial that had us open scoring conditions. Uh, he was right in the mix of the BMW again, us open scoring conditions. We've seen him do it on tough golf courses before just because he's a really good ball striker. You know, he's pretty good with iron player, great scrambler too. Uh, he hasn't gave a lot of credit for that in his game. Problem with him, he has kind of the same problems as Sadeki, though. Gets a little squirrely on the green sometimes. Sometimes he can ride pretty hot and he's, he's probably fine, but sometimes he can really get off. You don't really know where you're going with him. And he's pretty unaccurate off the tee, too. So, you know, it, I mean, a lot of guys are going to take about a 10 to 15% haircut on the number of fairways that hit this this week. He's going to need to at least hit his average, which is basically doing a little better than the field at that point. So, I mean, listen, I, I think he's going to be solid. Do I think he's going to win? No, I need him to, I need to see him do it first before I actually place an outright on him. But as far as DraftKings, he's only what? 9,100 bucks. 91? Top yeah. I, like, yeah, I mean, shit. That, that I, I think, pays off. Yeah. I, I think he'll be right in the mix again. And I think he'll be probably fine despite even the popularity. Yeah. And I, I like, I, I don't know, man, I mean, these ownership numbers might be a little, it looks only Tuesday night. Right. Uh, but I mean, he's only looking at 16%. It's not like he's insanely chalky. He's not, he's not sitting at web levels. You know what I mean? So uh, the top five for 9,100, should I take that? So I don't know. Maybe I might have to throw a little more uh, Tony in my lineups. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, all right, before we jump into uh, the eight K range, uh, it, it sure was nice seeing teams back out of the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, it was just week one. There's no better place to get in all the action than DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports to add to this week's excitement. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the app store now because you do not want to miss this draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every run pass and catch means more DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary gap and see how your team stack up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a shot at a million dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012. So they know a thing and two about cold, hard cash. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code SGP for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code SGP to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's promo code SGP. Only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, side note, real quick. Uh, I know we were talking about the uh, the flash drafts. Uh, that would be awesome to do in golf, by the way. Like mid round. Like, why don't they do that? Because I I am a complete addict to these flash drafts in the NFL. If they did that in the final round, like, all right. So the next three holes, pick five golfers. Like who's going to, who's going to, Oh man, that would be fun. I would, I would really enjoy that. Yeah. I mean like they, they kind of do that with like, you can do the live betting, like, all right, who's going to win. They do like head to head matchups, like for a whole. So yeah, I mean, that's definitely probably is the next frontier. I mean, they're, they're really expanding how all the ways you can lose money on, yes, on exactly, golf. Exactly. So, so that, that would be a great Avenue to uh, burn more money. Oh my God. Last night I was sitting, I was just sitting watching that 
garbage Denver, Tennessee game. And I had, I, I think I had like five, six, just fourth quarter, like 50 and $20 ones. I had no idea who I had. I'm watching the game. I'm like, is that good for me? Is that bad for me trying to pull it up? And I'm, I stream cause I'm, uh, cause I canceled my direct TV. So I'm like 30 seconds behind or whatever. So I can't even look at my phone. I just going to watch it and wait and wait for like a commercial break to check my fucking scores. It's a, it's a, it's a problem, Steve. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully I went to bed because I have a one-year-old who tires me out. So I, 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 I don't want to hear about one-year-old bro. I told you I got four fucking kids. Your, your one-year-old complaints do not, do not face me. Okay. <laughs> the, you, I'm still new at this. All right. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're a newbie. dude. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be back up staying up late, drinking, watching football and golf in no time. The, um, all right. So AK, AK range, uh, goes from, uh, Fleetwood all the way down to Fitzpatrick. I mean, this once again, like always, man, this is kind of where you got to make your pivots. You got to pick who you want. Cause I mean, these are going to be the guys who determine, you know, uh, really kind of what you do for the weekend at DFS anyway. Um, so who do you like out of here the most? Well, I mean, unfortunately the guy I like is the most, most popular and I was on him before like I was on him as lowest. And so last week or uh, the last time we talked was before the tour champ championship. And I mean, Hatton was on a pretty bad run for a while, but I noted that the ball striking was really good. The putting was holding back. He was going to, you know, it, he, at some point he was going to bounce back and lo and behold, he played really good at East Lake. I think he finished fifth in the gross uh, leaderboard. So overall he played great problem is now everybody is on the set now. Um, I mean, again, on paper, I can't find a fault just because, you know, the ball striking has been good. He's a really good scrambler, good combo of length and accuracy off the tee. We've seen him one at Bay Hill that was firm and fast conditions. So again, like I I just, I'm a little discouraged. I'm seeing over 20% ownership in DraftKings projected for him just because that is always just a huge, huge red flag that it just, it always seems like it blows in your face. So um, I'm probably not going to have as much exposure to him in a lot of lineups just because I'm a little worried, but, but just because I'm such a stat nerd, I can't get away from it. So, you know, I mean, I'll still probably use him, but I just, I, I don't love how popular he is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like he's popular for the reason you said, I also feel like he's popular for the, for kind of the builds that are going to happen. Right. Because most people are going to take at least one guy or 10 K at least. Right. Like, I mean, a lot, I feel like a lot of people are going to go stats and scrubs this week. Right. Cause they're going to see those shiny toys that are, you know, in the seven K range and uh, recognizable names under the six K range. So that's the guy that they can get up to when they do the stars and scrubs. Uh, I look, I don't hate them either. Like, I mean, you're right. Everything you said about him is a hundred percent correct. And like we said, there's good chalk and there's bad chalk. It just kind of depends on what you're doing. Right. So for a cash game, like Hatton is great. Like whatever, like, you know what you're going to get from him for a GPP play. Like you said, he's a little too chalky. Um, it, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna benefit you too much, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think Hatton is perfectly fine in here. Um, it, I mean, as far as the rest of the names, like Reed, why, why is Reed so popular? Other than the fact that his legend is he's a grinder and he can do it and he grinds out pars, but I mean, everything about his game off the tee and everything else. I mean, it's trash. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you this because I, I've tried to unplug from listening too much on other people's opinions. That's probably why, like, I've, I've, I've kind of gra- gravitated towards "quote unquote" popular picks this week, just because I look at the numbers only. But I, so when I saw that he might be the most popular player in DraftKings this week, yeah. I don't understand why. So I guess I, I'm gonna ask the you. Legend. So, 
Well, is that is that what everybody's saying? Is yeah. because he's just a grinder. He's the ultimate grinder. Look what he does on the President's Cup. Look, he he, he scratches out the pars and blah blah blah. And uh, and I'm with you. I'm like, I mean, eh? Like really? That's that's the reason we're, we're walking down Narrative Street for this? Like, look, I get it. I like. I, so I'm one of the few guys who <laughs> likes Patrick Reed. <laughs> like whatever. Like I don't care what he did to his family or whatever. Like he's a fun golfer to watch. I like that he has a chip on his shoulder. But uh, yeah, dude. I mean, there's no reason to take him here. Dude. I mean, you, you the way he gets off that tee like you said how, I mean, he's in that second cut fucking forget about it like it's a wrap yeah, yeah I mean like I, I'm, I'm looking at my statue I mean like I guess what so he's gaining over his last 16 rounds about half a shot ball striking but most of that is becoming is coming off the tee and if you look at his performance just driving this year he only hits it 296 off the tee which is actually pretty short by PJ tour standards only hits 56 percent of his fairway so the dude is kind of a mess yeah. Overall, off the tee, just in his nature, his iron play is not very good. The scrambling actually is what he's really known for. That's been pretty bad. He hasn't really, really been putting that well either. So, like when I saw he's going to be most, basically not only the most popular in the eight thousand dollar range, but maybe overall in DraftKings, I don't know what people are thinking other than the fact that it's, it is narrative street. It's narrative street. That's what it is, man. Everybody wants to take a walk down narrative street. And I mean, look, I look, I fall for that shit too. Wait till I give you my DJ and play. I don't think I heard of this fucking guy before fucking two days ago, but, but guess what? It, it got in my brain. And I was like, no, oh, yeah, that's my guy. No reason. Never seen him swing a golf club ever. Right. But listen to a couple other people who I respect fucking talk about him. I was like, all right, I'm in. Like, I mean, it's, that's just simple, especially with the U S open, like uh, you, you're getting more casual DFS players in right as well, because it's a major, everybody wants to get a little bit in the casual golf fans. So you're going to get some of that fish money in and uh, they, they recognize the name they hear in the narrow street. Sounds good. Plug and play. Um, I mean, there's a ton of guys in this area that I just don't want to fucking play. Like I just don't want to play. Like I don't like my favorite guy in this isn't even is Fitzpatrick. That's my guy. Like I just feel like he plays. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Give me that look. <laughs> no, I, I feel like he plays hard, like hard course as well. Like and I mean he he's, he he does. I mean I don't really I don't know, man. Like I don't feel great about it, but I certainly don't want to pay an extra. Uh, you know, eight hundred dollars for day or nine hundred dollars for fucking Fleetwood, who who shows up one day and pisses off the rest. Like, I'd rather save the nine hundred bucks, give the guy who plays in tough course conditions and and scores well. Well, I mean, the reason why I scoffed at it is not because I hate the pick. I actually don't mind the pick. The the thing is, I just know you. You hate all the all the Englishmen, and I <laughs> and I know just in past podcasts, you don't like Matt Fitzpatrick. You think he's overrated. I do. So, but I I, I mean I, I so. I personally think he's overrated. I think he's everyone wants to think of him. Oh, he's just great. He has this great short game. His short game is actually crap. Like on, on every metric you look at over here, it's not very good. But like you mentioned, a lot of his best performances in North America have come on hard golf courses, like at Bay Hill, like in Murfield village, the he played well, at the BMW championship a couple weeks ago, he has two consecutive T 12 finishes of the U S open. So, you know, and he has a couple of things going for him. He's very accurate off the tee. And he's a good putter from inside 48 feet. So, and he is that he did actually just come off a pretty good iron performance at the BNW. Maybe he can carry that over into this week. Who knows? But I mean, I, I think that's probably fine, but I, I think you kind of nailed it with this range. There are a lot of 
as they call on the, on the SGP show, uh, you know, close your eyes specials. Yeah, just like exactly. there's just a lot of question marks here. And a lot of guys are just in like this, you know, eight to 10 to 12% range that just, ugh. Yeah, ugh, that's what I did. I look at this range. I'm like, ugh, Fleetwood, no. Day, no. Scott, like, off of what, 8,700? What are you basing that on? Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, uh, look, it's Tiger, right? Like, uh, where else are you gonna price him at? But uh, in what world is he worth 8,600 dollars right now? Well, he he is, and I actually I, I got into somebody on Reddit uh, because he took basically the. I had like four or five criteria of a guy you want to look for, for the U S open. And it, the guy took all the points and said, you know, all right, great length and accuracy off the tee tiger, great iron player, tiger, you know, grinds up pars, tiger, good putter, tiger, good scrambler, tiger. And I'm like, all right, well, if this was tiger 15 years ago, yeah, I would agree with you, but I, I used to, what, I used to run what, a five and a half minute mile. Not anymore. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I, used, I used to weigh 175 pounds, but now I don't either, <laughs> exactly. but I listen, like it just, you look at everything and you know what, let's go down this, this check mark, you know, just, let's check the boxes with tiger based on this list. Okay. Sure. Has length and accuracy off the tee. No, he doesn't. He's actually lost because of the back issues. He's lost a lot of distance off the tee and he's actually one of the more inaccurate players off the tee this year. Just, I mean, that's like, it, it, he's always on TV. How many times you see him just double, you know, double cross one into the rough or just blast one. Right. Oh, that's like, a I great mean, bet too. That's a great bet. They, they uh, uh, not our place, but certain places offer it like uh tiger Woods hit fairway first tee. No, right. thank you. No. Can I start my week off with a bet? Thank you. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, so, I mean, so, so off the tee, not very good. Good iron player. Yeah. He still is a really good yeah, iron absolutely. player. I mean, just, that's always been the best part of his game. That is still there. But if he's not, if he's hitting out of the rough this week, it's not really going to matter. It's going to neutralize him. And with his back coming out yeah. of that rough, like that's not great now. So, you know, he's a really good putter. No, he isn't actually oh, he's a terrible so, putter. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the worst. That's actually been the worst part of his yeah, dude, he's restart. Been so bad. And if you look at his uh, putting from four to eight feet, so he hasn't qualified enough rounds in order to do it. But if, right. if he had, he's only hitting 64% of those putts and that's good for like 160th on tour. So Jesus. he's not hitting the, he's not in those putts and scrambling. He's been a mess too. So you take a lot of these elements. And again, it's, it's, it's don't target guys who have a, a lot of red flags because it's going to get exposed and tiger just has so many. And just, yeah. and at the end of the day, we don't really know what he's going to do into a turn because it comes down to the back. We yep. don't know. Yep. You know, he could come out, the back feels great. And he's just an old tiger, or he could just be the same old crappy tiger we've been seeing for the last month. Right. So yeah. I, 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 I don't understand people who want to use them. Other than the fact, they're just sentimental. Yeah, absolutely. And look, don't get, don't get me wrong. When, when we start talking about the masters, like, Oh, oh tiger will be in my lineup, but just cause it's the fucking masters. Like there's, I, I cannot run a masters lineup without tiger. Right. I cannot have a little bit of them, but in the U S open, especially in these conditions, yeah, fucking full fade. No. Uh, um, uh, and then Justin Rose, uh, we've, we've talked about, uh, him, uh, and our dislike for him and how just, he's just no, like, like why? Like, I don't understand Ricky Fowler. Same thing. Like he, the guy has never won a major. Like he, if he was going to win it, it's certainly not fucking here. And with his, the game, the way it is right now, no way. Fuck no. So can I, can I make the case for Ricky? And I, and oh. I, know Kr and I know Kramer is going to appreciate this. Hopefully oh, of course he was, because, he, yeah. because I, I, when I went on SGP, he, he was joking about the fact that he was going to take Ricky, but he didn't want me to laugh him out of the building, but I'm actually <laughs> going to defend, I'm going to defend Ricky here. 
So it's it's been a bad twenty twenty. It's been a listen. I feel gross for making this argument, but I'm going to make it anyways because I, right. I need to make this point. All right, come on. It's been a gross twenty twenty. The ball striking has not been very good for him. He hasn't had a top ten since the American Express back in February, but he has three really key things going for him that's going to give him a leg up on the field. He's accurate off the tee. He's a good scrambler, and he's really good putter from four to eight feet. That's going to be really important this week. And like I kind of mentioned with Xander, some of these ball striking deficiencies are going to get shrunk a little bit because it's going to be pretty hard for everybody. A lot of guys can be scrambling more often than they are off the tee. And honestly, what's his price point? 8,300 bucks. Yeah. Are you, if he finishes top 20, I think you're going to be pretty happy. You know, yeah, and, but I don't think he's going to make the fucking cut. I, I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I think with the three things I mentioned, I think he can make the cut and you know what? He's had a couple of weeks off. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it just it it's, it seems like. Let's do a side like, bet. We'll do a we'll do a miscut, Ricky side bet, fifty bucks to charity. I take miscut. You say he makes the cut. I'm not even. You you said top twenty. I'm just, saying just just, just fifty bucks. Just yeah, fifty bucks for every charity. Yep. All miscut. Right. Miscut or not. All right. I'll uh. Why don't we put it to uh St. Jude? All right. Done. Well, actually, can I do uh so there's a Wolfson's Children's Hospital down here that means a lot to me. Okay. Um, so I'd rather that for me, but I'll do St. Jude's for you. All right. Uh, 50, 50 bucks if he makes the cut or not. All right. Let's You're do on. it, baby. <laughs> let's do it. Um, all right. And so the only one we didn't talk about was Hovland. Um, I just feel like he's too bad at fucking scrambling. Like I'm not touching him at all. Yeah. And the ball striking is really uh, worn worn off for him too. Like he was really good until the work day. And then I think he's just been broken ever since. And the scrambling's not good. Can I, can I make one last point about, cause you, you kind of, Let's come on. You, you kind of breeze through it. A- Adam Scott. So, I mean, like he's kind of, he's another one of these guys that, and, and maybe you don't like him because he kind of burned you the last couple of tournaments. Cause you were pretty high in him for a little bit. I was his, his putter irritates me as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I hate watching him putt. I'm like, use a real fucking putter. It just makes me mad. Well, didn't at the 2018 PGA Championship at the final round, he had two putters in the bag. He had the short putter and the long putter. Yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> he's a mess. But I mean, like, it, like he's another one of those guys, like kind of like with Ricky, that in theory, I like him for this golf course because if you think about just pure ball strikers, good scramblers. If Adam Scott is on top of his game, he's really good in those departments. And we've seen him win at a hard golf course earlier this year. He won a Riviera. And if you remember back, you know, at that tournament, it was pretty difficult on the weekend there. Like it played firm. It was one of these classic golf courses, a lot like Wingfoot, that they had like really tricky greens they had to navigate around. So again, like, I mean, listen, the he's not popping off the page in the statistics department. Like I, I'm not going to defend that, but right. just the idea of Adam Scott, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of like him. It's, it's, it's kind of a gut call I have this week. Yeah. And look, I, you could be right. I, I, I was irritated uh, at that week where all he needed to do was make one more. All he had to do was make a fucking pie. And I would have made more money, and I was just fucking livid, fucking bogeyed eighteen, like, and the stupid putter, <laughs> and the stupid putter. So look, listen. Full disclosure, everybody who's listening, I am a very biased fucking picker. Okay, <laughs> like I, I completely go on tilt sometimes. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. I just want to make sure that's out there. Uh, listen to Steve for the smart stuff. Uh, um, all right, so seven K to eight K. 
huge fucking range. So why don't we just hit uh, a couple of your favorite plays? And All right. A couple of mine, and then we'll do a couple of fades. All right. Well, I mean, right off the top, I mean, I mentioned that Daniel Berger is basically a rich man's Harris English. So we're going to go right back to regular Harris English at 7,900 bucks. I mean, is it a little overpriced? Probably. But again, he kind of fits the mold of he does a little bit of things well in a lot of areas. Good length off the tees, relatively accurate, good scrambler, good putter. So I mean, there's a lot of different ways. I think he can kind of ham and egg it around Wingfoot. Uh, Louis Uswazen. Ham and egg it. I love it. Don't you take Louis away from me. You talk about somebody else, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Why, why, don't, why don't you talk about Louis then? Why, why, Louis, why the, Louis, the, Louis is the narrative street that everybody wants Patrick Reed to be. Is the real life. Like, dude, he hits the hot. He always plays hard. He always plays the best at the hardest courses. He has a great history at U.S. Opens. And. Right. You gave me a weird look. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Okay. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Am I wrong? You're right. I was like, I feel like he is. I mean, and the dude, I don't know, man, like he, he just shows up at tournaments like this. Like I trust that dude to hit the fairway, get up. Like you said, two putt for par three putt for bogey or, and get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like eh, eh, this, these are the terms he shows up in. And we, we talked uh, earlier today, uh, wondering how chalky he was going to be when I just looked. Uh, before the pod, dude, he's only at like 11. Well, I, I've seen him maybe close to 15. It depends on really what you're looking at. I mean, some right. guys calculate differently, but right. I mean, for $7,000 range, 11's, you know, that's getting a little bit up there. Cause I, I, mean, I think Harris English is 17, 17. Yeah. Bro. Uh, I, I guess we're looking at different numbers, but I mean, yeah, listen, they're going to be one of the more popular ones, Right, right. but I mean, even, even so like, all right. So you want to talk about narrative street, like, and, and like how, that's the only thing really fueling Patrick Reed. Well, Louie can actually back it up in the stat sheet too. Over his last, yeah, over his last four tournaments, he gained about 0.8 strokes per round with his ball striking. He gained about 0.2 with his scrambling. So right there, I mean, that's pretty good. He's really good at, from four to eight feet. Like you said, he can two foot per par, get out of there. So, you know, while I don't like Patrick Reed because the only thing is just off the course nonsense is really fueling it. Louie is backing it up on the stat sheet too. So all right, we're both team Louie this week. Yeah, we are. What what can go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, when, so everybody make sure when you wake up early, early on fucking Thursday morning, make sure you watch it all the way until it tees off and make sure he doesn't withdraw. (laughs) <laughs> That's the only yeah. going to worry about. Yeah, make sure he didn't sleep wrong on his mattress. <laughs> exactly. And, then, and, and so, if if he was to do that, I would pivot pivot to Sanjay. I mean, jack of all trades, plays good on hard courses. Uh, he he played good two weeks ago. Like I, I don't know. Like I feel like he's going to be pretty low on too. Uh, I don't. I didn't write it down. Uh, but I, he's not going to be super high. Uh, I, I would pivot to him if uh, Louis withdraws. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I agree because we we both railed on Sungjae for a while there, but yeah, he he has come back a little bit. The ball striking's gotten a little bit better. Still struggling a little bit with the scrambling, but I've seen him do it in the past, so I know that he's capable of it. And like you mentioned, like at his best, he can find a lot of different ways to get around a golf course and he's pretty good on hard courses. So yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be that hard, highly owned just because he's kind of burned a lot of people. I think the oh, steam yeah. is off him a little bit. So I, I, I like, I like him at 7,500 uh, a lot this week. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, all right. So you harvesting is your favorite and you said Louis is your second. Well, right. I mean, I, I mean, I was going down just based on like chronological order as far as price, but my favorite play is 
somebody who is near and dear to your heart. And and, and I don't know why Keegan are, Bradley's okay. not in this range, sir. No, Keegan's not in this range. <laughs> guys who aren't from Boston. Oh, <laughs> let's okay. let's put it that way. Right. So let, why don't why don't I tell you you can get the guy who has the second highest T to green per round rate of anybody over the last four tournaments at seventy two hundred dollars. That's Siwoo Kim. Woo, Siwoo, baby. I love Siwoo. Siwoo Kim. Yeah, he has gained T to green 1.7 strokes per round over his last four tournaments. That is second highest of everybody's last four. Why now, are you I mean, this to me? Why are you going to make me put Siwoo Kim in my lineups? What I'm so tired he's going to so. do well. That's right. Why. All right. God listen, damn. listen. Like, I, I mean, need ball, a reason. Come on, man. Listen, the, <laughs> the ball striking has been good. He's a good scrambler. He's actually pretty decent inside, you know, eight feet this year on the PJ tour. I don't understand why he's not only priced this low. I don't understand why his ownership is this low. I mean, I, I see I, it's a roller coaster, man. Like you've owned him. Like it's a fucking nightmare some days you, because he's never on the, on Thursday and Friday, he's never on the, you know, main group that you can actually watch on TV. You watch only a shot tracker and you're like, off the tee, what is a native area? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like what, what, what's going on? How did he get all the way over there? It's not even on the fucking screen. Uh, listen, I love Siwoo at 7,200. I mean, look, I, I, and you're right. The, his scrambling is awesome, right? His putting is garbage, but hopefully that negates everybody. Mm. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's tough. It's tough putting this week. And then if you want to go to another Actually, two really good guys who are really good ball strikers and really terrible putters. I mean, we we knocked him earlier, but let's talk about Sergio Garcia for a second. Okay. So literally, the ball striking and the scrambling is there. He has been phenomenal, not just all year, but recent form too. Like it, it's been great. You know, he's got a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. Like everything you could want. He's basically the poor man Sadeki. Like <laughs> like everything you could want tee to green again, Sergio. He's god awful with the putter. I mean, oh, like so he bad. has to avoid three putts this week. Now, what I'm going to bank on is it's going to be really hard for everybody on right. the greens. You know, I mean, guys are going to make bogeys. That's just how it is. But like, yeah. you know, where he's going to get his advantage is he is so efficient to green. Maybe he hits greens at a higher rate than everybody else. He can kind of, ha- you know, grind out a good finish. But I mean, I see some upside as opposed to other tournaments where it's just a birdie fast, like kind of like last week, he had no shot. No shot. Play. No, but like at a, at a golf course where plus eight is going to make, you know, basically make the cut. Oh, it's absolutely you know, I, making the yeah, cut. Where I do you, so where do you think the cut line is going to be? Well, I mean, so, so the last time at, uh, at Wingfoot in 2006, the cut was plus nine oh at, Sh- at Shinnecock in 2018. It was plus eight. I think it's going to be around there this time. Oh uh, my God. I cannot yeah. wait to watch this fucking tournament. You're right though. Sergio, like you said, he he'll just lag putted up there. Yeah. Now the one thing with Sergio, the, the dude is a miscut machine at, yeah, at, uh, at major. So if you want to really kind of hedge your bet, you know, plug him in DFS and then we'll talk about it a little later, put him in at miscut at like plus one fifty, Cause he's probably going to do either one or the other. He's either going to show up and do relatively well, like for a defense lab, or he's just going to blow it and miss the cut. And you'll make money that way. We should actually, uh, uh, so we should put this on the Slack channel. We can throw it on Twitter. We should do like uh, like a miscut and make cut parlay for everybody. Oh like yeah. A, do like a stupid one, like, you know, 10, 12 plays or something like that and, and slack one together and throw it out for everybody. Well, I mean, and the props column that I'm going to have, it's, it should come out uh, tonight. I list 10 players. I think are gonna miss the cut. So right. you could, you could just, you know, we can go over that at the end here, but like, yeah, let's do it. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll go over that when we hit the process. We'll finish the DFS and we'll do it then. Yeah. All right. All right. So Siwoo. Um, all right. Phase in the seven K area. Uh, props to my boy Tommy, who I know already uh, already has Jordan Spieth in his lineup, but there's zero point zero 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 chance Spieth is in any of my fucking lineups. Uh, he's a hundred percent fade. Bubba, men, mental midget, when it comes to this stuff, and it doesn't fit a shot. Uh, I'm definitely fading him. So. Uh, I'll let you hit on some other guys, but I got a guy uh, who I like, who I think you don't like. <laughs> okay. Who's that? Cameron champ. Why do you like Cameron champ? I, I don't really know, but <laughs> <laughs> he played good. I feel like he's playing. Okay, man. Like he's not as crazy off the tee as he used to be. The, I feel like he was kind of, I feel like he was hitting more fairways the last two tournaments than he has like ever. He's not trying to bomb and gouge stuff. Uh, I feel like he, I feel like it's there. I'm still worried about him scrambling around the tee, but dude, at, at you know, 7,300, like, I don't know. Uh, it's, it, this is a gut handicapper moment, man. Like this is a, I got a feeling. This All right. So, I mean, so let's look at his last four tournaments as far as how he's done strokes gain approach. So gained 0.06 total over four rounds at, I think the PGA. Okay. Uh, gained 0.67 at the Northern Trust, but he missed the cut. Lost two strokes at the BMW, and then gained 0.6 at um, the Tour Championship. So, I mean, listen, for his standards, it's, yeah, it's better. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. I know. Now, like- I mean, the, the problem is, I just I don't think he can bomb a gouge this place. And no, I don't think he can either. But I don't think he's been trying to do that. Like I don't know. Like I could be wrong, you know, because I saw like I could get I can get eighteen holes of coverage of Cameron Champ, right? But when he was in the mix, what was that two weeks ago when he was in the mix or three weeks I, ago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when I was watching, man, it just seemed like he was being a little more careful than he normally is, right? Uh, and. I don't know. I, whatever. Like I said, like I, this is a complete gut hit get Nobody should follow me on this play, uh, <laughs> but th- that's uh, like, this is a, uh, I, I kind of like him at 7,300. I just kind of got a gut feel like he might show up here and, and, and try to grind. I, I mean, l- I mean, you might be right on that. Just the scrambling really concerns me. And the fact that he's like, even if he clubs down, I mean, maybe, he, I don't know. I just, he's not going to club down. <laughs> I, I, I really, if he's not going to club down, I really worry about him then. Okay. I mean, look, like I said, this is a complete, uh, I don't even know why, but like I was, I was going through everything uh, this week. I was like, man, I really like Cameron champ. I don't know why. <laughs> and and uh, like when I make my builds, like when I pick them, I still have like a couple hundred bucks left over or whatever. Like I can move up. But when I look at the players in that range, like I don't want Neiman. Give me, give me champ. You know what I mean? Like fuck, fuck Neiman. I don't like Neiman. <laughs> I want champ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Neiman's our guy. I don't really like this week. I, I think what we saw the BMW where he contended, I think that's really smoke and mirrors is because, you know, overall, like he not fading again at East Lake, the scrambling is still really bad. He's not aggregate enough. He's a terrible putter. Like I think he just kind of caught lightning in a bottle there. And I, I don't think it's going to go well for him at a wing foot. And I think he might be kind of a popular play just because of what happened at, uh, at the BMW a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, I agree. And then as far as like Bubba and Phil, no old white guys at this course, like, nope, sorry. <laughs> That's it. No, I mean, you're not going to see me dropping $45,000 on the, uh, did you see his, did you see his response though? I think we put it in Slack, right? <laughs> when he was like, uh, I, I hope so too. When I'm up three shots on 18. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because that's what you'll need to be up to close it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't even trust him up three on the cut line going to the 18. With him. <laughs> I just like, I mean, uh, we, we talked about a little of this uh, on the, I went on SGP earlier and we talked about Phil briefly. I just like, well, what's it like to just burn $45,000 like that? I, I, I want to get to that point in life where I can just yeah, throw don't it we away. fucking all. Yeah. <laughs> don't we fucking all. He, he has no chance. No Zero point zero. No, I mean, like he, he is on record. He is at war with the USGA hates these golf courses. He like, like he doesn't even go to Torrey Pines because he doesn't like narrow fairways and penal rough. What do we have this week? Narrow fairways, <laughs> penal rough. <laughs> I, I, so I'm assuming I, he's I, on your miscut parlor or uh, miscut then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think he's like, <laughs> I think he's like, I think the books have wise up to him too. I think he's only like plus plus one ten this week, but still Wait, I'll, I'll plus one ten to miss the cut. Yeah. He's got plus uh, odds. That's stupid. This should be minus. It should be like minus 200. <laughs> I'm serious. Like it should be like this guy is missing the cut. There's no chance. Phil makes the cut. No, no, I, I agree. I think he'll be out of it very quickly. All right. So before we start dumpster diving uh, <laughs> below seven K uh, you want to get an advantage on the sports book with NBA, NHL, and MLB all back in action. You need to download BetQL, The only app you need to make smart bets this season, the best bet algorithm scans thousands of data points to give you the best bet recommendation for every game and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Also show you the top best bets and the most profitable and make sure you're cashing in BetQL has shop data for NBA MLB NHL. So when you want to get an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check BetQL. If you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, you can claim exclusive offers from the sports book and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store to download BetQL. You can also bet you can also head to betql.co and enter enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. All right, so dumpster diving time, baby. Uh so we kind of talked about it. You said uh you said Sean mentioned Shez. Uh and look, I get why he uh, kind of picked him out just based on his other performances and um, kind of what he's been doing lately. But that that dude is the uber chalk. Seven, yeah, seven k, seven k under. In an event like this, any uber chalk, seven k under, just fucking leave it alone. Like, leave it alone with sixty and t- sixty and moves forward. Like, no, no Ches Revy. Well, no. let's talk about why he's chalk. Well, the first reason is everybody remembers last what happened last year at the Pebble Beach where he finished, I think, third. And there's a lot of inside jokes about like how is the underdog, you know, compete with Brooks and Woodland and mm-hmm. Justin Rose. And so everybody's got good vibes from that. Uh, everybody remembers what happened before the PGA, where he was, I you know, I think he finished really well at the FedEx. He was a really popular play, and then he let everybody down at TBC Harding Park. And then he finished third last week at the Safeway. Well, I mean, like a lot of the guys in the safe were basically you and me in that field, just kind of like, you know, filler. Yeah. And so it's hey, not now, hey, hey, let's, let's listen. We're better than filler, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not what we showed down the outer banks, but <laughs> let's, did you I see mean, that beat shot? I'm going to post that on Twitter. That beat shot. That was a beautiful thing. I, did. I did. It was, it was fantastic. It was <laughs> the highlight of the day for you. It really was <laughs> <laughs> now. I mean, l- listen, like, I mean, as far as golf reasons for chess, I mean, l- you know, he's an accurate player. The ball strike has been pretty good. A lot of that had to do with the fact that he played really well at the Safeway, which is just night and day different to wing foot. There's no comparable. So there's absolutely nothing to take away from how he did last week. I mean, and if you want to look at negatives, he's actually a pretty bad scrambler. He's not actually a very good putter either. And I think he's going to set up everybody to just kind of 
you know, let everybody down again. He, and he's super popular this week. And it's for reasons that just, it, it seems like it's, it's the PJ championship all over with him. So, I mean, with as popular as he is, I mean, he's a hundred percent fake. Like, I mean, it, like all the reasons you said, even if he was playing well, anybody under seven K at Ghana's that type of ownership. I mean, it, it, there's no reason to put your eggs in that basket in a field like this. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I, my favorite play under seven K is Kokrak. Uh, he's a guy I just can't quit. Like I won a bunch of money with him like two years ago, and I just believe in what he's doing. Uh, he can't putt worth a shit, um, but like I feel like he's the type of guy who can grind a course like this and can get me a a top twenty five and luck boxing into some birdies and and not completely crushing me at this level, so I can get access to the to the higher price guys. Well, I mean, so out of everybody's last four rounds, um, he's the best ball striker TD green of everybody in this range. So already you're doing something right there. And again, it really comes down. It's, it's, it's kind of linked. Like he's forever linked with uh Corey Connors. He's, you know, basically priced oh, around the Corey. same thing. Yeah. Same, same what a great guy. story that is man. All those Monday qualifiers, man. Like I actually had him as I think a first round leader. Um, and I ended up betting him live uh, when he won his first tournament, dude. I fuck nice. it. Corey Connors always holds a place in my heart. <laughs> I mean, they're they're basically the same player, though. You know, good good TD green numbers, awful putting, and they're basically they're always priced around the same range. So I mean, I like me. that's why I like them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So like, at, so at a at a golf course where par is king, ball striking is king this week. I mean, that's those are pretty good plays this week. So um, I think my favorite play though is a guy I kind of trashed a couple weeks ago, but I. It wasn't very fair. I, I I I was slow to pick up how well he was playing. You know, Sebastian Munoz at sixty six hundred bucks. You know, the ball strike is in decent form. He's a great scrambler. He's a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. You know, I think that's a guy I'm going to like this week. Uh, you know, I like Co-Crack. I like Connors. I like your boy Mark Hubbard too. Um, you know, he's another type of guy with jump on. De- Decent scrambling and putting, you know, he's or not, not, not putting. He's deep, decent scrambling and ball striking, uh, fairly accurate off the tee. You know, he's 6,700 bucks. I don't think he's going to be very highly owned either, you know, in this range either. So that those are, I think we're kind of on the same page as far as guys we'd like. In this yeah. There's like, there's only like, it's probably like, I don't know, probably five or seven guys who have like any type of legitimate ownership down here. Everybody else is like kind of getting scatter shotted. Um, as far as like the Euros, uh, so I don't listen, I don't pay attention to Euro golf at all. <laughs> um, but I like Thomas Peters. You know why? Because he's got a temper, he breaks clubs, and that dude seems like he can fucking play. And I watched some video of him like two years ago trying to hit a hole in one. He took like 700 shots. Before he before he hit the hole in one, and I love that dude, man. Uh, people, who, so you didn't get the full uh, uh, Capper golf experience because I was on vacation. I was super happy. I was just playing golf. Normally, I am a nightmare to play with. I get <laughs> upset with everything, but I played okay that day, other than my putting. So I wasn't I wasn't mad. <laughs> the um, <laughs> the uh, uh, so Peters. I mean, talk to me a little bit about him. Do you know anything about like what he does over there? Like, it, it seems like the stats kind of back it up a little bit. Like, but I don't know how that correlates over here. Well, I mean, he's a long hitter. The problem is with the Euro tour is that they're really behind the eight ball. As far as like the strokes gain stats, like they don't release turn by tournament stats. They only release cumulus stats. They just actually started tracking strokes gain stats like just recently. So, um, you know, I mean, I just, I, it's, it's, he's not very accurate off the tee. I, I don't know. I mean, like he, he has shown up in big spots, but I just, I, I don't know how confident I am in him. 
All right. Well, I got another guy in here for the DJ special uh, at the end. Um, who, once again, I've never seen even swing a golf club, uh, but uh, I don't know. Somebody put an earworm in, and I was like, "Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm in." Uh, um, all right. So, as far as like uh, GPP and cash plays, uh, once again. Uh, I, I don't really do cash. I did it the other week just because I didn't have a good, strong feeling on my GBPs. Um, who are your favorite? Uh, who are your favorite GPP and cash plays? Well, I mean, GBP. We didn't talk about him earlier, but you know, as far as a guy who I think has the upside to grind out pars and be kind of that five tool player, that kind of like it is Patrick Cantley, nine to four hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, it forms him really bad lately. He did play a little better at the BMW a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, he's got to definitely shore a couple of things up, especially with his iron play. It's been really bad. So uh, that's got to be a little better. Um, yeah, I, I kind of got that feeling about Adam Scott this week. I don't think his ownership's going to be all that crazy. I like the idea of Adam Scott. I think he's a decent pivot play in the $8,000 range. Same thing with Ricky too. I, you know, like Ricky's not really going to be all that popular. Uh, I just, I, those are just two gut calls. I have in that $8,000 range and then see who Kim, listen, if he's going to have low ownership and you're telling me I can get the second best ball striker T degree at that price range. I mean, sign me up. I mean, I'll take him in cash. I'll take him in like GBP. Just I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Right when I was out, they pulled me back in. God damn it! I'll, I, so I, I'll be back on Cebu. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so as far as like, like, I, there's no real pivot plays as far as you know, uh, up uh, in the upper stuff. Everybody's kind of the same up there. We don't want. Uh, we don't want Brooks. We don't want anybody like that. So, I mean, I, I like champ uh, for no good reason other than my gut. Um, and my DJ play um, is somebody named Zalatoris. Uh, oh, Will, Will, Will Zalatoris. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he's tearing up the contrary tour um, or whatever it's called now. And uh, like all the numbers seem to line up like people who like crunch analytics like you um, are all over this guy. And I'm like, under seven K let's go. It opens it up for me to be able to throw, you know, two 10 K players in or a 10 K and uh, a nine or a high eight guy. Um, I love that. And uh, listen, uh, I, I, M is going to be low owned. Like, mm. I don't know why I'm back in on him. I feel like this is going to be a disaster week for me, <laughs> but I'm back in on him, man. I'm back in on him. Um, and yeah, I mean, those, those are, those are my guys for that. And Fitzpatrick might be kind of highly owned, but uh, I'm in on him as well for that. Uh, as far as cash, like I said, I don't really do any. So, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, like as far as cash, I think any of the $10,000 guys, except for Rory is probably a decent play. I mean, that's, that's relatively safe for all those guys. I think all of them have really, really high ceilings, relatively high floors. So I think that's fine. Uh, Daniel Berger's my cash play 9,200 bucks just because I think he's just a safe play in the $9,000 range. I think he's going to be right up there, you know, in the mix just because of how good he is in a lot of parts of his game. I mean, I know Terrell Hatton's going to be super popular in GPP, but in cash play, that's probably fine. He checks a lot of boxes for me, so I'm good with him there. And then I'm going to go with Harris English in the $7,000 range just because he's kind of like a poor man's Daniel Berger. And I just think it, you know, the ways he can kind of plot around a golf course in different ways. I think it's going to work well at Wingfoot. I feel like I, I what was it. I think it was two weeks ago where I, I, I never play cash and I was like, I'm not 
quite sure about my GPPs. And I think I took one, uh, basically a bunch of your cash recommendations and it basically saved my week. I think I might do that this week as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, everybody, everybody listen up and uh, let's play some of Steve's cash plays, get into, uh, get into some uh, single entry 50 fifties and uh, make sure you can uh, kind of balance out your uh, GPP. All right. So before we get into uh, the big short, I already gave away my uh, DGen special with a guy's name. I can't pronounce. Uh, and we get to our outrights. Uh, listen, have you ever thought about starting your own sports book, but don't know how ace per head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with all inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top notch customer support going 24 seven and have some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus ACE per head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started at ACEs. Uh, get started today and ACE is offering up to six weeks free. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash S G P. All right, baby. Give us a, give give us the big short, man. Who, uh, who are we going to try to face? All right. Well, I mean, I actually, I have a couple of shorts this week. You know, one of them is no surprise at all who I'm going to short. Cause I think everybody's shorting him. And that's Bryson DeChambeau miscut at plus two forty. I don't like him at all this week. The honey, I mean, the honeymoon's over between me and him. It's been over for a while. We got the divorce <laughs> lawyers, you know, trying to divide assets right now. It, it's a giant mess. And I just, well, I, well, I hope you make out cause he has a lot more assets than you do. <laughs> yes, he does. He's, he's got a lot more heft to his body too than I do as well. But listen, it just, I, I, he is a one trick pony. Now that is not going to play well at Wingfoot. He's basically just another bubble Watson at this point. I don't like him. You can get him at plus two forty to miss the cut. I think that's that's easy money right there. Another guy uh, who is going to be a surprise miss cut. I'm going to go Rory miss the cut at three to one, just because the U S open has always been this bugaboo. You know, I mean, he's it, it, that's of all the majors. That's his worst track record. And there's just so many red flags in his game right now. I like the value of three to one for him to be a surprise miss cut. Sure, and I then, like and, and then as far as like, we're going to do a big short as far as DFS. And we talked about it earlier. I don't understand why Patrick Reed is so highly owned. And I think he's going to sink a ton of DFS lineups this week. I just, I don't like anything of what I see in the stats. And just the fact that it's just, we're just driving this narrative street with him. Yep. I think it's going to go bad for a lot of people. All right. Well, sweet. Not, not for our listeners, baby, because everybody should avoid Patrick Reed. We have both said it. Uh, don't believe narrative street. It's not happening this week. All right, so, all right, man. So I, I think we, uh, I think we pretty much destroyed uh, all the tears. Gave who we liked. So uh, let's go to some outrights. Uh, give me, uh, give me your outrights, man, and uh, I'll throw you mine. Well, I mean, I, I my outrights column came out, I think, just a little while ago. So you can go check out the full analysis there. But I mean, a lot of the guys we mentioned tonight. I really like, you know, Rom, Xander, Webb Simpson. Um, you know, I think Adam Scott's gonna be a guy I'm gonna feature here just because we talked about him earlier. I would wait a little bit before putting a bet on him just because there's not a lot of popularity on him. Right now on my book, he's 35 to one. I think that price is gonna come down a little bit, maybe towards 40, 45, 50 to one. But he's the type of guy I can see like kind of grinding things out. And if he gets around that 40, 50 to one price, I think that's a good deal for him. And then you know what? I mean, I, I'm gonna pull you back in here. See Will Kim is 110 to one on my bookie. Oh. Go for it. Go for it, baby. Come on. Why not? Spring. Why not sprinkle? Why not sprinkle? Strange as well. Happens. Yeah. Look, I'm with you on Rom. Uh, I'm 
I'm not with you on Xander. Uh, so I'm, I'm being a pussy. I'm taking uh, Rom and JT. <laughs> so JT at twelve to one. I like Hideki at thirty-three to one. I mean, that's not bad. Uh, that's not bad odds. I like Fitz at fifty to one, and then Louis seventy-five to one. Man, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I mean, like I, I don't like those guys for outrace, but I'm gonna have top twenty bets on both of them. I think you get yeah. at three at three to one. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find top twenty bets some places. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can find it, find it there. Um, any matchups that you, that you really like? Yeah. So you can get Ricky Fowler over Justin Rose. Ricky's a guy I just have a gut feeling over and Justin Rose. Like, is, is he just done at this point? Like, like we, we spent like, a once year at those expensive garbage clubs. I feel like he was toast. Well, I mean, like we, we spent a year making excuses for him. Like, oh, he's playing inferior clubs. And now what's the excuse He's back to tailor made. And he's still just as bad as what he was before. Like, you know, he finished ninth in the PGA, but it was all because of his putting and just like, it just seems like it's something every week for him. And like, again, like I like the idea of Justin Rose, like five years ago here, but like now in his current form, I don't like it. You get Ricky head to head again against me against my for minus one ten, And then uh, you can get Kyle Morikawa at minus minus one twenty five over Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, we both, love more, we both love more. We both love more. Yeah, we both love Morikawa. He's at least going to make the cut. I don't think Bryce is making the weekend. That could probably cash by Friday. Yeah, that, that 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 that's that's fucking free money. So I really like Todd over Spieth. You can get Todd over Spieth for minus one twenty. Spieth, mm. Spieth, Spieth. <laughs> can, can I can I say one thing about Spieth? Come on. So I I think he's going to get off to a good start just because I just have a gut feeling, but he's going to vaporize. Over the weekend, but the problem is with that matchup, cop prop is you know you're playing with fire with Brendan Todd just because oh, all all he does is scrambling and all he does is putting and his oh, hallmark is well his hallmark is hitting fairways and it's going to be harder for him this week just because of how it's set up so I mean that could end up burning where Spieth just is off on the weekend to ruin DFS lineups but he ruined your matchup prop because he makes the cut Listen, and Brendan it's Todd not does, about, it's not about Todd it's about Spieth. Okay. <laughs> so that's the, that's the, that that was the prop I found that offered me someone head to head against speed. It didn't matter who it was. I was taking it. <laughs> the uh, and then um, I like uh, I like M over answer uh, as well uh, minus one twenty. Yeah, I mean like answer is a guy getting a lot of buzz this week, and I, and again like I like the the idea about answer, but you know, his forms really falling off. He's actually like a lot of people think he's a good scrambler, kind of like with Fetz Patrick, he's actually kind of a bad scrambler. So, uh, I mean, he's really got to shore that up. I know he played a little better at East Lake. It's fairly accurate, but it, I mean, like guys going to be missing greens at a higher rate this week. If, you, if you're not getting up and down for par, it, it's not going to go well. And I mean, I, I, I like that matchup as well. Yeah. So, all right, man. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's try to, uh, Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll go to Slack and, uh, we'll try to put out, um, and I'll throw it out on Twitter. Um, we'll, we'll put together like a miscut and make cut, uh, parlay for everybody to just kind of throw uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 bucks on or whatever and see if it hits, make it fun. Um, and I'm going to try to put together a little listener league this week. I'll put it on the Slack channel. Uh, maybe we'll get, you know, uh, I'll make it like 20, 30 spots or something like that. We'll see if we can get everybody involved. Um, and we'll do uh do a little, we, uh, us open, uh, listener league for, uh, the SGP Gen nation. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Boston underscore Capper. Uh, come to the Slack channel, man. Uh, Steve's dropping knowledge for showdowns every 
fucking every day, man. I mean, it's it's very useful knowledge, and it helps everybody uh, get get the screens green. And uh, yeah, look, listen to the rest of the stuff on uh, SGP. Uh, we got fight shows, we got soccer stuff. Uh, obviously, sports gaming podcast uh, with the football and the DFS and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's it. Uh, it's U.S. Open week, baby. We got football in the U.S. Open. Dude, it's money making weekend, baby. Let's go, man. I mean, anything else to add to the DJs? No, I mean, listen, it's it's you know, it's gonna be an awesome weekend, and trust me, I'm gonna have a ton at stake on football and golf this week. So yeah, it's 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 awesome. I, we've never had a major during football season, and so this is this is definitely gonna be great. Oh, bank rolls are going to be tested, baby. Let's see who's right. Come on. All right. So listen for uh, the golf game of podcast. This is uh capper and fucking Steve. Let's go green screens, baby. Let's fucking go. Yeah.